morning, everybody. Can you hear that? Am I in there? Am I coming out of there? Okay. Good morning, class. Okay. Always wanted to do that. Now I get to do it every week. It's great. Morning, class. That was actually my, my plan when I was in high school. I was going to go and teach uh, high school English. Ha ha. So, I don't know if I was just afraid to leave school or what. So, Alright, well Jesus, we thank You for this morning. Thank You for all that You're doing for us and to us and in us. God, we just we praise You and glorify You. This morning we bind the flesh and the carnal mind. God, uh, every emotional thing, God, and loose Your Spirit in this place, God. Give us uh, ears to hear and eyes to see, God, the, the things that You're saying to us and the faith to take hold of it and to stand on it, God, because there is no safer place to stand than on Your Word. And we just glorify You this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Go with me to Hebrews 2. Yesterday, Mike told me that uh, he would see me today, but probably after I had already started talking, so I thought I better get started before he gets here. So, if Mike tells you something, you can rest assured it will come to pass. You know, um, it's interesting how a lot of the world uh, thinks of God as this distant, uncaring, aloof sort of being. Uh, waiting in his you know cold marble halls, just waiting for you to, to maybe get there, hopefully, if you're lucky. Uh, and it's it's funny because you know there are there are certainly churches that teach that, and and uh, when you have these uh, uh, authorities, as it were, that that would tell you that that's who God is, because well, obviously they know then uh, you're kind of left with, with that impression. But the Bible says that the, the dwelling place of God, the tabernacle of God, is with men. And so, so He lives among us. He lives in us. And so, so you know, when Jesus came, He said the kingdom of God is at hand. Here it is. And, and He said in Luke, it doesn't come with outward show. It's not something you can see on the outside, but it's there inside. So wherever you go is the kingdom of God. And the thing that I think is really precious about God is that um, He doesn't uh, put us in a place of dealing with something that He wouldn't deal with. You know, as an employer, I have had the distinct pleasure of passing off things I did not want to do onto the people that I was paying to do what they were told. And uh, so, you know, there are certainly perks to being an employer. And uh, I, uh, in fact, uh, I had Bob so well trained, I could just go, Bob! And immediately, yes sir? And you tell him to go do something and he would just do it. Our, our customers started picking up on it. We had this one customer in particular. He would just come in and go, Bob! <laughs> and he would jump just like it was me. So, you know, but uh, fortunately for us, you know, God's not like that though. God's not going to make you do something or deal with something that He wouldn't deal with. And uh, you know, we uh, we have this God that has 
has not only has he been where you're at, but he he's been beyond it. Any 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 kind of sorrow that you're experiencing, he has experienced and more. You know, and uh, when you read Psalm 22, you see the despair that he felt and how he he wrestled as he was hanging between the promise of God, the word of God, and this this torment that he felt that he was just forsaken and lost. And and so so he understands there because there's nothing that you could deal with that is more than what he dealt with. Uh you know, I in my little ubiquitous blue notebook here, um I always Put, make like a little title for these and like a little inter- introductory paragraph. And I could think of no better title for this one than He Knows. You know, if, and if you've never heard that song, then go to YouTube and put in Jeremy Camp, He Knows. And that song, I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those kind of keep a tight grip on my emotions kind of people. And I was feeling really down the other day and I was thinking about that song. Because the rest of the album, I thought, was just, yeah, some of it's good, some of it's not. And I was thinking of that song. I hadn't listened to it in a long time. And I thought, I'm going to listen to that song. And I thought I was going to go off the road. I'm just, <laughs> you know, and because that's what the song says. He knows. You know, all the stuff you deal with, he knows. And so in Hebrews 2, and uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, Oh, okay. Probably better not slide too far. I'm going to start in verse 6. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? You know, you ever feel like that when God starts dealing with you? When he starts talking to you about you? And and he has good things to say? And, and you're flabbergasted? Like, really? I mean, you know... Okay, great. You know, and so, you know, God, when when you as you begin to see the greatness of God and, and the the transcendent glory of God versus you, then it's easy to see yourself as less than nothing, and that's not always a bad thing. Um, but you have to see your 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 lowliness in. The through the lens of the love of God, because because He doesn't despise your lowliness, He He understands who you are and what you are. He made you and He and He loves you just like that. So so what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you visit him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, you crowned him with glory and honor, and did set him over the works of your hands. You put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that He put all in subjection under him, he left nothing not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. So we know we have this victorious king, this conquering kings. Everything is is under his feet. And yet, when you look around, we don't see everything quite under his feet. Doesn't wouldn't doesn't appear that way. But we see Jesus. I like that. That's just a great little phrase, you know. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, because otherwise he couldn't have, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. So so here we, we begin to see how 
he has identified himself with us uh, because uh, in God there is no death. He wasn't going to die, and he and he 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 understood death, but and he had power over death. But to uh, to actually face it as as a human being was something that he that he hadn't done, and so he came in this in this form just like you and just like me and and he and he he faced it so so he understands so he he gets it for it became him as fitting for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings so you know we all know that david was a really great king because of how he got there, because he he didn't just come into this place of uh, just being lifted up and pampered into the palace. He was hunted, and and he despaired of of living, let alone ever being king. And and yet, uh, God had made him a, a promise: "I'm going to make you the king. You're going to be king." And so it was. And, but once David got there, he didn't have this view of himself as as I have arrived and I I am it. You know, he he understood what it was like to be uh, an outcast, a fugitive, and and, and alone. Yeah. And so so it's he's saying here it, it was fitting then, or because Jesus has all things under his feet, he is the king. But it was fitting that if he's going to bring us into this place of being glorified, just like he said in Romans 8, then uh, then he would be perfected through sufferings because he knew that we would get there that way. And so he was going to take us there, or he was going to go that same road. He's going to go check it out ahead of time. He's going to forge the path, as it were. You know, when you are going somewhere you've never been, it's nice to have somebody that's already been there. You know, uh, uh, I rode around Atlanta with Nompet in his van, and I was really glad that I wasn't driving. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm glad he knows where he's going, and uh, and so that that works well. We he got me where I was where I was going. He got me back to his place, the the Georgia home, as Zoe calls it. Yeah. We when we left the the church in Georgia a few Sundays ago, uh, Zoe asked if we were going to Georgia. Yeah, meeting, are we going back to Nompet's house? I was like, no, honey, we're going back to Kansas now. <laughs> and so the waterworks came. She wanted to go back to Georgia. So yeah, my kids have all been talking about Georgia. So it's funny. It's like a slippery slope when you get down there. Because you're like, I could, I could live here. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and I'm thinking, no, I don't want to pack up my whole life and my business and everything and move in here. I just... I have a house. I want to go back to Kansas. Then you get back to Kansas, and it's single digits outside, and you're thinking, well, maybe Georgia wouldn't be so bad. I've got Georgia, Georgia on my mind. You know? So, you know, when I was in high school, Ron took me to Honduras in December, and so I was swimming in the pool and hanging out on the beach, and it was 70 degrees out at the coldest, and then I came home. I get out of the plane at KCI and it was about like this out. I thought, oh my God. 
I forgot that Kansas is like this. So, anyway. For both he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So then, when you're when you're feeling that sense of, wow, I just feel terrible, and why can't I just get my stuff together here and, and just be okay? God doesn't despise that. He's not ashamed because he has he's been in that same place. And, and you know, I can think of no better example than Psalm 22 than of, of uh, Jesus dying on the cross when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because you would think of anyone who would ever think that they they were the golden child and that, that nothing was ever going to, they were always going to be all right. You would think Jesus would have thought, I'm always going to be all right. And to, to have all that weight on him and to feel that utterly forsaken. Uh, somebody, I heard somebody talking the other day, it's like, you know, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and he'd been dead four days. And so as Jesus was approaching his own demise, then, you know, he's thinking, I only have three days. I saw Lazarus come out of the tomb after four days. This is going to be all right. I, I know God does this. I've seen him do it with my own eyes. Wow. So, so he says, uh, saying, I will declare thy name to my brethren in the midst of the church. Will I sing praise to thee? And again, I will put my trust in him. Again, behold, I and the children which God has given me. Forasmuch then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of that same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So then, so again, I mean, I'm just, it's the same thing that I've already said. He partook of all these, of these things with us because he was going to identify with us and he was going to, uh, well, 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 we'll get to that. For verily, uh, no, no, sorry, 15, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So he conquered death. He tasted it for every man and and uh, came back from it and and he could, he could say with the certainty that I can get you through this, this is going to be okay. For verily, he took not on in the nature of angels, but he took on in the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. I like that word behooved. You know, and it doesn't mean a horse. You know, um, it doesn't mean to be stepped on by a horse either. It means to, uh, it's like a responsibility, or it can also, and or, mean that it was suitable or fitting. So it was suitable and fitting for him to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. So then, again, like I said, he... he he came in, in the flesh so that he could experience the things that you're experiencing right now. The things that you've already been through. The things that you're going to go through. He's, he's already been there and he's already experienced it and he's already overcome it. For in that he has suffered being tempted, he is able to, to succor those that are tempted. 
So, so no matter what temptation that might be, temptation to sin, temptation to doubt, despair, whatever it might be, He can bring the, the comfort to that because He's dealt with it before. So skip over with me to chapter 4. I'm just going to read the start in 14. You know, 3 and 4 are, are fantastic. In fact, you know, if you want to if you want a really great study on on Jesus the the high priest and and how he uh, is superior to everything and how he's the sufficiency for all things, then you could just start in Hebrews 1 and go all the way through to the end of it. And uh, because it's 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 really great, uh, but you know, I was I was reading through here yesterday, and I thought, wow, you could stop at the end of Hebrews three, and you could pick up right again at four fourteen, and it, it seems to just flow right on. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he's able to succor them that are tempted. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So don't don't give up on the project. Don't give up on the things that God has told you He's going to do in your life. Because if you're breathing and if you're here, then He's got uh, every intention of bringing you safely through to the end. So He says, so hold fast your profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So you're kind of getting the idea through the constant repetition of he he's been there he's he's experienced it he knows so you know and that, that's so great about that song I just I mean because there's that's pretty much all the chorus says he knows he knows every hurt and every sting he's walked the suffering he knows you know and so um. You know that's that's a precious thing because you know somebody can talk to you about something that you're dealing with, and 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 make all the sense in the world. But uh, when someone has been through what you're going through, if someone has been where you are, then uh, almost uh, unconsciously, I think there's more of a weight the things that they have to say. And, you know, you 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 find yourself more apt to believe them because in the back of your mind, you know that they know what you're saying. They know that you know what, what you're talking about. And and so so we have that in Jesus because he is that counselor. And and uh and a great great part of his uh ability to counsel us is that, that he has been there. He's been touched with the feeling of our infirmities and so and he doesn't despise it. You know, he does when you, you come in and uh your eyes are all red and puffy and, and you know, there's snot everywhere. You know, he's he's fine with that. You know, and and uh you know, when you're just trying to talk and all you can get out is <laughs> you know, he's he's good with that. He he understands that. God speaks the language. So we have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You know, like the 
sometimes if you want to, uh, if you're in a big crowd and you see someone you want to talk to, you kind of have to be a little bold and start pushing people aside to get where you're going. You know, if, if, uh, if you want to talk to Ron immediately after church, you're going to have to be bold and you might have to hurt some people or just sit up front. Or or wait until everybody has their eyes closed and I, I've seen how all these things work. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. For every man taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he might offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for he himself is also compassed with infirmity. By reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sin. And no man takes this honor upon himself, but he that goes to Bible school and gets straight A's. (laughs) And no man takes this honor unto himself, but he that was called of God, as was Aaron. And so also Christ glorified himself not to be made a high priest, glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said to him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. So, so then God made him that high priest. As he says in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Elsewhere, here in, in the, the great treasure trove of Hebrews, he talks a little bit more about Melchizedek on and on through these chapters. And, and, uh, and he says that the, he said, uh, by interpretation is the king of righteousness and the king of peace. So, so that is the, the high priest then that we have. He's also the king of righteousness and the king of peace. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, he was able to. But he said, he said nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, right? Yeah. So it says that he was heard and that he feared. Though he were son, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. So he, he wanted desperately out of this place that he was at, but uh, God had this, this plan for you and me, and, he, and this is where Jesus came in. Because this, this he said, you know, this is the, the whole reason I came into the world, and now I just want you to, I wish you could just save me from this hour. So, but he learned through, through his entire life through the things that he suffered to be obedient and being made perfect he became the author of eternal salvation to them that obey him called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek so so he is that that author and finisher of your faith then and and he paid for it just like this go with me to Isaiah 54 I think you all are kind of getting an idea of the kinds of things I have to say when I get up here, because uh, I told Mike yesterday that God gave me a really precious word for today, and he said, like, precious, precious, or precious beating? <laughs> I was like, well, that depends. <laughs> so I'm going to read this whole chapter, try not to belabor the point, but... Uh, you know, it's funny because I was familiar with this chapter, but as I read it yesterday, it just kind of hit me in the face. 
thinking about how God knows and He cares about the things that we deal with. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and shall make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for you shall not be ashamed, neither shall you be confounded, for you shall not. Bleh. For thou shalt not be put to shame. Thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and thou shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy Maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. The God of the whole earth shall he be called. For the Lord has called you as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, when thou wast refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. Now we're kind of getting into the part I really wanted to read. For this is as the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn I would not be wroth with thee nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart, the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that has mercy on thee. Because when we go through difficult things and there just doesn't seem to be any answer or any end in sight, don't we all start questioning, what did I do? You know, and, uh, um, you know, I, I've talked about this a lot. You know, we, we search ourselves with the Word of God, but then, um, and we let God talk to us, but we don't want to just go, uh, digging into every last corner of our life looking for something because it's it's really destructive to your sense of confidence in God loving you but uh it's interesting because he you know he talks about these these things that would certainly you know would stir your compassion for somebody you know to to be a a, a widow and a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and stuff and then he kind of talks about you know now I did deal with you about some stuff in 7 and 8, he talks about, you know, I did deal with you about these things. I hid my face from you a little bit. And he says, but with everlasting kindness, I'll have mercy on you. And so then he's like, you know, just like, he's like, this is just like the waters of Noah to me. I, I've dealt with the stuff, so I'm not going to go back and, and keep bringing it up. I'm not going I'm, I'm to just keep going around this same mountain over and over again. You're past it. I'm past it. And so we move on. And, uh, and so he says, For the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that has mercy on thee. O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, and lay thy foundations with sapphires, and I will make thy windows of the gates, and thy gates of carbuncles, and all thy borders of pleasant stones. And Paul tells the Corinthians that you can build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, and you can build with hay, wood, and stubble, or you can build with gold, silver, and precious stones. And so suffering builds with those precious stones. It builds with the gold and the silver and and those types of things. And when you have bought something at a great price, then you you value it. And and, uh, nobody can really talk it down to you. 
and and we have an adversary who wants to take the things that God has done in your life and talk it down to you and tell you, well, yeah, God did that thing, but you know, like, but you're still all, you know. And it's like, I'm all what? <laughs> tell me about this this what thing. Because I, I like it when the devil tells me stuff like that because then I, I know of a certainty that it is untrue. It's like, well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate this reverse psychology you're throwing on me here. So, so you know, it's an interesting thing being afflicted, tossed with tempest and not comforted. You know, because God is a God of comfort and, and He certainly brings us comfort. And there are times when... Um, Comfort is like putting a band-aid on something that needs surgery. And and so sometimes God lets that suffering do what it does. Not because He's mean, but because He knows what's best and He knows what works. And I read this this thing recently about this guy that had this chrysalis for a monarch butterfly. Yeah, yeah. And he thought, wow... I've always wanted to watch one of these come out. They they say that the struggle that it goes through getting out of the chrysalis is what forces the all the fluids into its wings and makes it beautiful and makes it able to fly. So he's he has it on the desk in his study, and one day it starts rattling around as as they do, and and he's watching this little thing like trying to struggle out of this little tiny hole, and he watched for hours. And he'd go and do something. He'd come back. It's still struggling, out, trying to get out of this thing. And uh, finally, his patience was exhausted. And, and his compassion was stirred for this thing struggling to get out of this confinement. And so he took a pair of scissors and he snipped a little hole in the edge of it. He just made it wider. And this butterfly just came spilling out. But its wings were all shriveled. And its body was all swollen. And it just kind of hobbled around on his desk for a while and then it died. And so he realized that the the compassion that he had on it actually had destroyed it. And so uh you know God said that my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. You know that we he understands things that we just don't get. And that's what faith is about is trusting that God knows best even if it doesn't seem to make sense. And so so he understands sometimes that not being comforted is the very thing that we need. You know, I've got two sons and I have determined that they will be men when they grow up and not not little boys, not girly men. You know what I mean? And so I sometimes I just tell them, look, suck it up. Like, dry it up. This is going to be all right. Okay? You know, and sometimes I comfort them. You know, it. I you just kind of get that sense of, okay, this would be a comfort moment. And and you know and how much better is God at that than we are? He knows those times when you just need to crawl up in His lap and and just snuffle into His shoulder for a while, and and He knows when He just needs to straighten your collar and and send you back out there. So God knows what He's doing. He says uh, in verse thirteen, "All thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children." Now, Psalm twenty-five said that that. Uh, I can't remember exactly how it goes. The very last verse it said that that uh, that he will bless his people with peace. So it's like this. So he begins talking here, and he's going to say this word later. But he talks about our heritage here on, as, on towards the end of this chapter. 
And all the children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shall you be established. You shall be far from oppression, and you shall not fear, and from terror it shall not come near you. And that sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, there's something about terror that you kind of want to just and wait for me. You know what I mean? So nobody, nobody likes to be afraid. I, I see, see people that like to watch scary movies, and I think, are you sick? Like, who wants to be frightened? You know. I mean, I had a, uh, I had an uncle that uh, he worked in a coal mine for decades, and uh, uh, early on. Uh, in his career, it was kind of dark there in the mine, and you know they of course they have lights and stuff, but they would have like the helmets with the the flashlight on it and stuff. And being a bunch of rough and tumble miner type guys, they they were always messing with each other as as men do at work, and uh, so they would find these little dark places to hide in the mine, and they would wait for you to go by, and they would jump out and scare you half to death, and. Uh, they would always come out to visit in the summertime and uh, from Wyoming. They would come out and uh, we always kept the house kind of dark because he liked it dim because he was used to working in the dim lighting and stuff and the bright lights bothered him. And, well, there was this little curtain over this closet in my, my grandmother's house where we all spent all of our time when they were visiting. And uh, my cousins and I would all like, would hide in there and scare each other half to death because that's what boys do too. And uh, and I remember one time my uh, my dad taking me aside. He's like, "No, don't do that to your uncle Ron because he will probably kill you without even thinking about it because he's used to it being some guy that's as big as him that's just messing with him, and so he might turn around and hit you. So leave him alone. So." You know, who likes to be scared, right? I don't know. I, I hate that. I hate being scared. I hate people surprising me out of nowhere. So, thou shalt be far from oppression. Thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against you shall fall for thy sake. So, so he's saying, you know, you've got enemies. They're going to come against you. They, they gather together, but it's not me gathering them together to destroy you. You can rest assured of that. Behold, I have created the smith that blows the coals in the fire, that brings forth an instrument for his work, for I have created the waster to destroy. And that's what we talked about last week. We talked about how God took Babylon and he brought them in to do things to Israel to purge them of their iniquity. And that's what he's saying here. He's like, I, I have made people for that. He's like, and I've created the waster to destroy. But he's talking about how even in those moments, because just like, because he said, this is like the waters of Noah, even in those times, if I am dealing with something, it's for your, it's for good. I'm not out to destroy you. He says, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So, that's some good stuff. It's like, I, I am invincible. This is the heritage of, from the Lord. You know. um, go with me to one more place. 
over to 1 Peter chapter 4. Because I was reading this yesterday, putting this together, and I thought, wow, I'm feeling really good. But what happens when God's talking to you like that, and you, you know God's talking, you, you get it, but it's like, wow, I don't feel any better. You know, I, I was looking for comfort, and I don't feel comforted. I, I still feel bad. So 1 Peter 4, chapter, uh, verse 1. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. So arm yourselves with that same thinking then. You know, Paul said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. This is kind of the same sort of deal. Because he was talking about obedience unto death there in Philippians. And here he's saying, Christ suffered in the flesh, so you can count on it. This is he, He's walked the path before you, so if he's suffered, then you can count on suffering. But that uh, it's, it's okay. Because he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And so... God, God uses uses these things in ways that we don't always get. He He can He can fix up your life and and get things out of you that you you're not even aware that He's doing it. As as you go through these suffering things and as you go through these things and and build that value in the relationship with Him, uh, because He becomes that comfort and He becomes that place that you go and and the the thing that you stand on to get you through the places that you're at then uh, the idea of uh, offending him or or hurting him or disobeying him becomes rather not tempting it's like well i yeah why would i do that though when i have this this god that loves me like this that carries me through all this stuff and and I, I wouldn't want to offend him and and have him let me deal with more of this than I already am. Yeah. So so I I am I am learning to cease from sin in these things, and so I'm not going to live after the the lust of men, but the will of God. So you know sometimes uh, you know we 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 go to God wanting uh, comfort, and sometimes. Uh, we we come away with that intellectual knowledge that this is going to be okay, I think. But we don't necessarily feel any better. And so he says, arm yourself with the same mind. Jesus went through all this stuff and more that, that you're going through. And so he's the firstborn among many brethren. And the, the glory that is to be revealed in you is not worthy to be compared with all the, the things that you're dealing with now. There will come a day where you'll look back on all this stuff and you won't even remember how difficult it was. And and it will just it'll just seem like kind of a distant bad dream. And and the thing that you'll be focused on will be the 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 joy of knowing that, that God loves you and that, that He has got everything in your life under control. So he's a good God. Amen. Well, Jesus, we thank you for uh, 
your word to us and your your strengthening and your encouragement. And God, I just I pray for uh, every life in this place. God, uh, I know of no one who's not going through difficult things right now. God, and I just I pray that uh, that that strengthening of your spirit, God, would would come into to every heart and every life. God, you know when we need comfort. You know. Uh, when we uh, just need our shoulders rubbed and a, and a push back out into the ring. Now, God, I just pray that you would do those things in every life in this place. God, and that today your faith would just spring up inside of us, that we would reach up and take a hold of you, God, and as you pass by, Lord, that we would take a hold of your garments, God, that as the rain cloud passes over today, God, that we would get out every pitcher and bucket we could find, God, and fill it up, with with your words and with your presence, God, and take it with us to sustain us as we get down the road. God, we just glorify you. We praise you. We thank you for this place. We thank you for this people. God, and we are all grateful that we could be a part of it. And we just glorify your name. Amen. Amen.